We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true stories. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one, one podcast. Hear my true stories. Yeah, our dear listeners, I'm really happy to have you again this week on our podcast, Hear My True Story. It is me, your host, Otako. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have a wonderful guest this week, and we are really, really happy to have you here. And yeah, I don't know. Our dear listeners, just stay tuned to our podcast and we'll get to know what are we going to talk about? What is the topic this time? What stories are we sharing? You know, just as you know. Yeah, my two stories. We share personal stories, personal experiences, yeah, from our wonderful guests. And this time, we have a wonderful guest that we have this week. This week's special guest on your favorite podcast. Hear my true story. Yeah, so do you like my jingles? <laughs> yes, they are amazing. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I'm quite, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, I'm not really old in podcasting. It's just like now almost a year. Mm-hmm. And I find myself being the producer of the podcast at the same time trying to find all these jingles what makes really, what makes really feel nice to the ears of the listeners. And I try to really do everything. Yeah, as you see, this is a simple studio of mine. Yeah, it is the living room. With the table, with the studio around, so that's yeah. So you are welcome to our podcast. Hear my true story, Thank and you. I'm really excited to have you. <laughs> yeah. So our dear listeners, uh, I would like you to really be attentive this time. So our dear guest, can you please maybe introduce yourself to our dear listeners so that they get to know who is today on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course I can do that. Um, my name is Rebecca, or my friends call me Bex. Um, yeah, I live in Marburg, um, or obviously the city where um, Otaku lives as well. And I come from Leipzig, a city in the east of Germany. Um, I'm 30 years old, so not the youngest anymore. But uh, yeah, I think that's maybe good for the first yeah, introduction. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's really good for me too to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for mentioning your age, most times 
guests don't mention the age but I'm so happy that you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's no secret. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think for my listeners I've not even talked about my age. Yeah, but I, I'm older than you. I'm making Are 33. You? Yeah, I'm making 33. Yeah. I look young. You do. Yes. Okay, sometimes I say I'm old. Yeah, we, you know when I work with children sometimes mm-hmm. someone thinks that I'm also a teenager or you know a young person working with young people. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing that to to have when people say, "Yeah, but you also look young." Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say that you are 30. If you ask me out, like, yeah, maybe you're making 26. Mhm. I mean, it's It's nothing negative to have any age, isn't it? Like um we tend to say it's better to be young but yeah, actually it's I love my age and it's great just yeah. as it is. Yeah, for me also I I think that's nice. You know, it's like someone to be to reach this age and not everyone mm-hmm. can make it and that's, that's true. true, yeah. And people forget that ah, it's quite special to grow old. Mm, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are people who didn't even make a month or a, a day. Yes, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. And that's life. So I appreciate that. I'm so happy that I made yes. past the third. Uh, not yet. I'm still in the third floor. We call it third floor. So you welcome to the third floor. Wow. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. 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 I managed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh our dear listeners, uh our guest uh I would like to ask how you want to be st- introduce first of all as a teacher or as a trainee who has been training as a teacher or you a teacher already no i'm a teacher you a teacher yeah and i i call myself when people ask me what's your job then i mm. say teacher and i find this quite cool okay. i think it's uh, because it is a job everybody knows and i like to yeah to say like okay yeah this is my profession <laughs> So I I want to just ask for our dear listeners to get to understand w- your personal story what is the story behind you choosing to to train to become a teacher professionally there's always a motive for every individual to choose a career mm. what is your true story what is your personal story um i was it's not like i i was in a young age and i decided oh i want to become a teacher and it's my dream forever it wasn't like this I, uh, it was much more like Um I did my final year in school and um I wasn't actually sure what I wanted to be but then someone um uh yeah I did a job an internship in an architectural um uh, so like with an architect and they there was a person talking about oh it's so good to be a teacher it's actually so much better than becoming an architect and so that was the first time I thought about it and then Um when I talked to all my friends about this idea everybody reacted quite in the same way saying like yes you should become a teacher this is so matching you are really a teacher like a person I could imagine to become a teacher and it has been like this ever since and so I yeah and as you said this is why I got as far as I got now because I just finished the teachers training um this year so this summer and that's how you became a professional teacher yeah, yeah yeah so wow i mean that's what i say that most times there's always a story there's something that really drives you to be so do you love being like a teacher mm-hmm. um i love the contact to the young people and i really love if i manage to make someone 
understand some uh, understand something like or to think about a new topic so um because my the subjects i i teach are english and philosophy or ethics uh, rather said and i so especially about the ethics part it's so cool for me if i make young people realize or think about something new and they get new ideas and that makes me feel really good wow that's nice to that's really nice yeah to uh, to really hear that uh why did you choose to be a teacher of english mm. yeah why, why english why not mathematics why not uh french mm. why english mm-hmm. and being that your first language yeah, yeah. people in german they call it a muttersprache yeah yeah mother being, tongue yeah mother tongue being german mm-hmm. and you being a german a German mm. living in German mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. why did you decide to teach English mm-hmm. and why did you decide to speak English because I have a personal experience mm-hmm. most people in German understand English mm-hmm. but they don't want to speak English mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that is uh, a thing I well I really liked English as a subject in school um, and I I think maybe the main reason was because I loved my English teacher so I felt like she was a great teacher and some maybe it's a bit like um yeah I wanted to become like her or maybe not just like her but it was the same about my ethics teacher as well so these two were quite um role models to me and at the same time I felt like okay I'm really good at these two subjects and they are quite um a passion of Mm, like yeah like um something i can i i would like to read about it by myself without any job or anything around it so i don't have really good knowledge about mathematics or i'm i wasn't really good at french and so that's why i wouldn't choose these two but um yeah about english and especially ethics i always felt like okay it's good for me to investigate into these two subjects and i feel like they are the most important ones and i know every teacher says that about their subjects but i feel like um being able to communicate and understanding other people is so crucial in our world and in order to solve yeah like environmental problems for example we need the ability to communicate with others and um as english is the language spoken mostly in the world or m- spoken by most people and understood by most people it is so crucial to be able to understand or like to speak english and so i felt like it is just extremely important um to have this knowledge and i felt like it's yeah i want to give this knowledge to people wow <laughs> it's, it's really nice what i pick from your conversation is that teacher that really inspired you. do you have a story a personal story that you relate to to that teacher what made you that dance said wow i like this teacher i mean i i think i should do english do you have anything you remember about this english teacher mm. mm-hmm. um i think she was a strong woman i think she was um confident and she had quite a a strict personality in a but in a positive way in a way that you would feel like yeah she knows what she wants and she will she has um 
Ja, she, um, she really uh, gave people a feeling of, okay, if you work hard, then you will achieve something and I want you to get there. And I think this is what was great about her. Wow. That's really nice to hear. You know, most times we teachers, we forget that I'm also a teacher. I mean, I trained to be a teacher in Uganda and I was teaching history and religion. And one of the reasons why I chose to do history because I liked, I loved our teacher. Mm -hmm. He could tell the stories. He could teach you about the French Revolution. I'm like, wow, I want to be like this guy. I want to teach about this. He could teach you about the... Uh, African history and you're like, wow, I, I really want to also be like this teacher. So to me also, the teachers played a big role in me choosing to be a teacher of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, just another question I wanted to ask you about is uh, you have been training as a teacher. So how has it been for you? Um, like as a teacher myself? Uh, yeah, as a teacher yourself. Um, well, not always easy. So mm-hmm. There there were situations when I felt extremely uncomfortable and I felt like, wow, okay, um, I don't want to be here and I uh, am shivering <laughs> and it's not easy because uh, it's it's a tough job, I, I think. And you make yourself quite vulnerable uh, standing there in front of, well, 29 um, individuals and they, um, as a group, they can be quite, um, yeah, like... Um, challenging but most of the times I really liked it I like to be in front of like it is like a small stage you're standing on and if you um, use the stage in order to make the group work together or group the group to um, think about a topic and all every time I managed to do that um, it felt great I just feel like wow, I'm I'm really power. I like, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say powerful, which is such a, it's a strong word. But yeah, it is a kind of power. But I I would feel like um, I gave the power to the people, like the power of knowledge, for example. And that's that that always felt amazing. So you uh, being on that stage always, do you take it like every day is another performance, or is it always the same performance? Mm, no. No, and I I don't know if it's yeah it sounded like it's a performance, but it's um, my natural behavior. I would rather say I am. Um, it well, if we live, we perform. One could say, um, but in this sense, I yeah I I well, <laughs> I um, it's not that every day is the same. Uh, sometimes I went to school feeling like, okay, I don't have any energy and then it's, uh, I think, good to make a lesson rather chilled and not to do the big stuff and just to be okay. Everybody can just have a chilled time. But sometimes when I feel energetic, then I would go for the energetic lessons. Wow. Make sure to leave a review. This makes our day and fuels future episodes. Hear my true story. Mm-hmm. That's nice to hear because yeah, every day is different. That means every day is a new lesson, new experience. Wow. So uh, I, I just wanted to ask another question. As in, uh, what does someone need to do to become a teacher in German? Mm-hmm. What does it take? 
Yeah. Where is the difficult part? Where is the easiest part? Mm-hmm. Let me say otako. I say yeah. Now instead of being a pre-educator, I want to be now a teacher in German. Mm-hmm. Um it is one of the highest educational paths you can actually take, so it takes a lot. Um you have to take your A levels so you have to get the highest degree from your school education. Um you have to get a certain um yeah like grade within it. Um then you have to choose a university and they have to let you <laughs> start their edu- uh, like start studying which they will do if you have the um necessary grade. Then you study for like around four to five years. I took longer because I really enjoyed this part. So others felt like this was hard and they hated it. But I felt like it's an it's great. You get knowledge. <laughs> it's I see. It's again about um, yeah, just making yourself realize new things, getting new knowledge, um, thinking about stuff you just like and you like to think about um so therefore it was um for me it was a great part and i i took a gap year as well i went to england for one year in between which was um necessary because well it wasn't necessary but it's good obviously to be, to have been that i've been to england or like to an english speaking country um it improved my english <laughs> so therefore it was good uh and i taught there as well which was um helpful as well and then you have to do some internships um during the time so you have to go to schools and uh, sit there in the back and watch others uh but like the mm, main part of your of this university career is quite theoretical and i feel like this is what a lot of people um tend to hate as well so they feel like okay it's not really useful what i'm learning here because i don't know where i can actually make use of it and after that you have to go to a teacher's training which will take depending on the federal state you live in but here in hessen it takes 21 months and there during this time you are at a certain like at one specific school you go there every every day during the week and you teach well around 10 you have like around 10 lessons per week which doesn't sound much but it's so much work to prepare and you also get next to teaching yourself you also get seminars which give you knowledge and you are tested a lot so they come so your supervisors come to your class and watch you and then they'll give you feedback and then they'll give you a grade and yeah you have to <laughs> work through all of this so i felt like the last part so the teachers training which is called referendariat in german was quite that was so stressful and hard it was um yeah very hard work for me most i've had uh, i've read about it i also have heard from friends that most teachers give up from this training mm-hmm. after five years of being in the university mm. where you are learning 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 mm-hmm. and then you come to the 21 month of training mm-hmm. and then people drop out yeah i mean what really makes 
someone drop out from mm-hmm. this 21 month after five years of mm. focusing on being a teacher um different reasons i had one person dropping out because she said she would not want to be a teacher in this system because they realized that the school system is just not what they want to yeah they don't like the grading they don't like that it's so um, like strict and you don't really have any freedom to um be yourself you don't you cannot really talk to the students the students feel like you are their enemy um so i can quite understand that this is the reason but for me it was much more that the system of the training was um not good in my eyes because i wasn't um they they wouldn't act like i studied i ha- i had studied for five years but they treated me as if i was a like as if i had no idea and i don't know anything and i feel like it would be so much better if they um gave me the feeling of like yes you know a lot and now we want to help you to become the teacher you want to become so and it sounds quite logical to me to do that but during that time it felt much more like they wanted me to become a teacher they want to see or a teacher this which is in their eyes a good teacher and so i had lessons when um afterwards well i taught um a great um uh, class 7 some grammatical stuff and i had fun the kids had fun so i felt like wow this lesson was great i mean can you imagine having a grammar lesson and having fun during that it's i felt like wow mm. this was such a good job but my educators didn't feel like this they had so much to like say like, no it wasn't good at this um point and at that point you have to improve and um also this and that is not good enough and so it's such a constant critique you are like working on and that is such it's just yeah it's quite horrible i would say yeah but i'm really happy that you concluded and finished it yes me too <laughs> <laughs> that's the good thing about it yeah. but now because since it's old boy i mean like that means that there are teachers who really want to change this kind of training system or oh, are they not are they not there teachers who are willing to say yeah we understand someone comes to train for 21 month they have knowledge they have gathered experience so why do we take them like is this an individual thing from the supervisor or from the teachers who are mm. guiding you or is it something that the system wants to push people out mm. to not become a teacher i think the it is not uh, something personal because i know of so many people from all over germany so they went through the different systems that we have so even though um it is all called the same every federal state does it a little bit differently um but everybody i know said that it was horrible not it doesn't matter if it was a person who is not um, who is not such a character as i am and doesn't matter if the they had different supervisors so that's why i would say no there's a problem in the system and it doesn't make sense to say they want to push people out but maybe it's this logic of you have to be extremely strong and if you can survive 
this, then you are ready to become a teacher, which doesn't make sense because why don't we take the ones who are motivated to become teachers and we make them stronger? But like it is now, you make them weaker and then <laughs> you start to become a teacher and you're like, okay, I actually have to kind of puzzle myself, like to, to put myself together again yeah. after this time. Yeah, I understand that. And th that's what I think maybe they really want to break you. The system breaks you to fit in their system of yeah. work and then yeah. let you to go on. Because teacher, you deal with so many social activities that are happening around the child, the children, the school, mm. the parents, the other offices that surround mm -hmm. around with the education system. Mm -hmm. So if you're not that strong, so they kill your emotional attachment to students or what? I don't know. It's a bit like this. I feel like they um, want to... Well, I don't know if they would call it like this, but I spoke to one um, leader of the system and he said, but actually it's important that in order to become... like Because the... Um, well, the... Uh, how you how do you call it? Like what is what you gain at the end, the Zweite yeah. Staatsexamen, mm. this is such a big honor uh, you mean the certificate that you get as yeah. a qualified and teacher by the yeah. state and it cannot be that it's easy to get that it's like which doesn't it still doesn't make sense to me <laughs> i then i think they are really they, they need more to know that's why there's a lack of teachers in german definitely and definitely they, And not just teachers, also as, I mean, I'm training also to become a pre-educator mm -hmm. yeah, in, in German. Yeah. But also there's luck. But I realize it's also difficult to get into the schools for this training as pre-educators mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much that is demanded yeah. for you to have to yeah. reach there. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I guess it won't take long and then they have to change it because um, teachers are becoming older and older and then there will be such a mm, such a huge gap and such a well as you said there's so many teachers um, missing now already they will have to change it yeah and there are so many young people who have trained you to become teachers and they're not teaching mm -hmm. at the end of the day yeah 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 i get that so anyway you you talked about uh going to england mm -hmm. and teaching in england yeah. i can just say your english is not having a German accent. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really good to know. Someone <laughs> always pay attention to the accent. Me, I failed that because my English has accent from my mother tongue, mm -hmm. which is Lusoga. So I really have, mm. I speak sometimes and I'm like, okay, did they get me what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, that's nice to hear. So how was your experience What do you remember about this time when you were in England mm -hmm. teaching? What um, is the difference between England teaching mm. and German teaching? I was a, um, a teaching assistant and I taught German to English-speaking uh, kids. And it was at a private school. Um, so I saw, like, I, I got in, in touch with the upper class. So... I would say this is one of them, yeah, be like we have private schools in uh, Germany as well, but maybe not as many. Um, so therefore, it, I well got in touch with the um, 
higher like the higher part of the society as you could maybe call it so or the richer kids and um especially with the older ones i had uh one-on-one -on -one lessons they were quite um they were interested in learning german but it was more of a of a like um extracurricular plus so it made their education special so if you had german at school it was quite you you showed like okay yeah i really want to become someone and it's different in the way that uh, english speaking kids don't really feel the need of learning another language not in the same way as um german kids feel the need because they know that like german kids know they cannot speak german um outside of like the uh, country's borders or like the German-speaking borders. And then, um, therefore, there's a different motivation, I would say. Um, but still, they were very... It was a more like... Um, yeah, you could call it more stiff and <laughs> well-educated area uh, where I like the teaching in the school. So I always had to wear clothes that were extremely... Um, nice there was a, an, a different standard of what you would wear to school obviously the, the kids in school would wear uniforms and um, so therefore um, I think this was um, what comes to my mind first about what is different okay I can see that I think I can relate with the mm -hmm. England air teaching system because uh, I'm from Uganda yeah. and Uganda is a colony Mm -hmm. for the British. And guess what? These British people brought their education system in Uganda. Yeah. yeah, where you have to learn English. Me, English is not my first language. It's not my mother tongue. Mm -hmm. But to learn English, I was punished. Oh. Always, if you don't get good marks, mm -hmm. the teacher beats you up. Serious beating, not just talking about. When you speak your mother tongue, mm. they punish you for speaking your mother tongue. Wow. Can you imagine oh, how wow. the colonialists came to Uganda mm. and they told all the Ugandans, ah, your mother tongue is not good. Mm -hmm. Speak English. Mm -hmm. We need you to speak English because we have made English the official language. Mm. So teachers were trained to punish children mm -hmm. who don't speak well good English. This is, and it's so good that you say this because it's so important to realize how different language learning can be. So I said like, okay, you either don't feel the need or you are motivated because you feel like it's good, but being punished or like to be like even that, did they hit you? Like uh, I mean, for me as a child, when I was learning English, I was always punished because I didn't have a choice. Mm. It was a must. You have to learn English. Wow, and if you horrible. don't pass it, you don't go to the next class because mm -hmm. it's the official language. Mm. And for yeah. you to get anything, mm -hmm. even employment, they look at your English. Mm -hmm. But do you know what? There was no one who has been taught their mother tongue. Mm. Not. Not because oh, it's gosh. not part of the system. Mm. That's horrible. You get that? Mm -hmm. Up to date, mm -hmm. people are not taught their mother tongue. They are taught English. So I was always beaten to learn English. Mm -hmm. To learn a new language, for example, French or German, mm -hmm. it was like your choice you can make. Oh, wow, But yeah. English was the must. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. And we had teachers because I, was, I, saw, I trained as a teacher. Mm -hmm. So you had to pass English mm -hmm. to become a teacher of any other subjects. Mm -hmm. 
So w- when I chose to become a teacher of history, also there was a need to to have a dress code. Mm-hmm. Just like you mentioned in England. Yeah. The, the, we used to have a dress code for teachers. You have to be smart. It, you don't wear sneakers in class. Mm-hmm. You have to wear long-sleeved shirt yeah. or you have to always push in your your shirt in the trouser and like you don't have to have dreads. I have dreadlocks right now. Yeah. You need to cut off your hair. You don't mm-hmm. need to have your hair. Yeah. That's yeah. This is how I was trained to be a teacher and I trained three years and then like three months of practice mm-hmm. and then after that I teach. It was not so difficult like yours. Yeah. But That's yes. Yeah, I, I I just didn't li- I, I I left teaching to go for theater mm-hmm. because I hated the system Definitely. of beating children to learn English. Yeah. So it was the same they broke you so that you can break the kids. It's yeah. really it's horrible. It's such a circle. Yeah, so it it is it's something that I didn't like and uh that's when you say that uh, the English children don't see a need to learn another language. Mm-hmm. This I understand. We have so many um white people who come from England or maybe the US who speak English when they reach in Uganda mm-hmm. they don't see a need of learning a Ugandan language mm. then you find someone who came to Uganda speaking the German language they learn English mm-hmm. and they have to perfect English in Uganda and sometimes some others push themselves to learn the local language mm-hmm. but most times with the experience of the people I know maybe some are listening to this podcast They don't push energy to learn the language from the Ugandan, I mean, one of the languages from the Ugandan mm-hmm. country or from the country of Uganda. Mm-hmm. They don't push to learn because they don't see the need. Mm-hmm. And this is because of the colonial history. Definitely. And what it makes me realize is because I feel like a lot of German people would feel like, oh yeah, colonialism, that was a long time ago and now um, like even all the African countries, they are free, but your story shows that this is not the case. Yeah. Mm. And that's why you say that here in German, someone will have to learn language because they didn't speak English when they come to a country like Uganda mm-hmm. because there's, it's a colony. And most colonies that we are for German, we are taken away. Either given to, 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 to the English people mm. or it was given to the French people. You get that? So when you go in Africa, you find there are few African lang- countries that speak German. Because most of these colonies were taken away after the First World War. I think after the First World War, if I remember my, my history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a punishment. Was it after the First World War or Second World War? I don't know. But our listeners maybe will can put a comment <laughs> for me to really get yeah. back my history. I need to revise it. But it was a punishment to the Germans. Yeah. Their colonies were taken away. Yeah. And that's why there's, there's someone says, even in Uganda, I didn't say need to learn German. I just found myself learning German because I got the connection with German. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my wife she's German, yeah. so I have to learn the language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be able to communicate. Yeah, this is your motivation. Yeah, then. yeah. So I think every language is really important for communication. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Hear my true story. And for that, I want to ask you, how many languages do you speak, you? Um, well, I speak German, English, Spanish, and a bit French, and I'm learning Italian. Oh my God, you speak so many languages. Yeah, this is actually the same reaction I got when I was in England. Everybody was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is so much. But, uh, well, I, I feel like for a, a German person, it's it's just the standard, maybe. 
I don't think so that if mm. it's the standard because maybe you are lucky you are good at you, you are good at getting new languages. I mean yeah, this people is are what good people at new languages. Taught me. Yeah, yeah, like what they told me. I'm I'm like if you have uh, people who are good at sciences, I'm the one who's good at languages, but well, I'm I'm okay at languages, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I, we had someone who told us uh, I had from someone that when someone speaks so many languages, their brains uh, always exercise switching from one language to another language to another language. Mm-hmm. So they, they, the brain keeps is more active even at the old old age because of that. Oh, well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I had. But then for me I speak um English. I now speak some German. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to learn French in my school time, mm-hmm. but the teacher always punished us for not speaking good French, so I lost motivation. Yeah. It was a choice to learn French or not. But since the teacher is punishing me, so I left French. Yeah, makes sense. Then I was given a chance to learn it- Italian. Mm-hmm. You know, I acted a play. Mm-hmm. That was from uh, a book from an Italian writer, mm-hmm. Pinocchio. You know Pinocchio. I know Pinocchio. So I acted as Pinocchio, oh. and then as as the embassy, the Italian embassy in Uganda said, "Okay, Pinocchio, you did a good job. So we will offer you a language lesson for learning Italian." I like, "Okay, why do I have to learn Italian now in mm-hmm. Uganda? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No connection. No connection. Yeah. I mean, because traveling." is not easy for people in Africa yeah. because of the transport system but also because of the economy mm-hmm. so when you don't have the the hope of traveling to Italy why do you learn the language uh, yeah definitely i mean i now motivated to learn italian because my girlfriend um, has some like italian roots her father mm. is from italy and that's why i have the same motivation as like for you to learn german but Obviously now you live in Germany so that makes a lot more sense for you now to um yeah. learn German but this is like the the one no it's a natural motivation yeah. mm-hmm. yeah it's a natural motivation and one love is one of the natural motivations to learn so many things yes, yeah it so is. <laughs> so yeah. people who love to travel will learn the language if you get your girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or husband, husband mm-hmm. you get them from wherever they come from yeah. you try to learn the language yeah. as yeah sign of love i yeah. give my soul to you i learn the language definitely yeah so i send your greetings to your girlfriend thank you yeah she <laughs> motivated you to learn italian yes amore so, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how people greet in italian maybe i would have to learn how do people say i mean greet or say hello in italian ciao ciao Ciao. See. Oh. <laughs> Buongiorno. <laughs> like, this is as much as I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that far yeah. yet. But anyway, I like learning new languages. So what's your experience of learning a new language? What's your personal experience of learning a new language? Um, is it hard? Is it simple? It is hard if they are similar to each other, I would say. Because now I feel like the italian i'm learning is fighting with the spanish in my head you know like as if they are quite in the same area of my brain and they are fighting who is getting the place and i had this experience when i was in um spain because i after school i lived for half a year in spain and i learned spanish by living there and i had french um in advance in school and there was a situation when i like kind of I wanted to say something in French and I asked my brain 
okay, so give me what is, I don't know what the sentence was in French. And my brain gave me a sentence and I said it. And then I realized, but this sounds like this sounds like the Spanish version. And then I realized my brain had given me um, the sentence I wanted to say in Spanish, even though I wanted to say it in French. Mm. So I felt like my brain was mixing it up. And that is, I guess, because these languages are so similar. And that's why my brain kind of mixed them up. And yeah, I don't know if you have the same experience, like you ask your brain in a way of like, okay, give me the vocabulary of this and that word. I mean, for English, it's not the same anymore. Obviously, I'm just speaking. I'm not really always asking mm. my brain now. But for the languages, I'm not that fluent. I feel like this is the process. And yeah. And yeah, I mean, point. for me, for example, I'm learning German. Yeah. I've really tried myself to learn the language, but sometimes I get lost because I forget my English mm. and I end up speaking German English. Mm. Yeah, where I just do a direct translation that mm -hmm. also sometimes gives me a hard time. But also the German language is so hard to really, because it's, I find it different from English exactly. Yeah, because for example, in German, there are a lot of these did. Uh, Deya does, which in English mm, is not there. Yeah, mm -hmm. you just say a a or a, a bus, a car, a what? Yeah, yeah, without gender. without generalizing the words. Mm -hmm. And in German, is generalizing. I find that difficult. Definitely, I'm, I, I lose my English when I learn German. So oh. I'm losing my English yeah, so because of learning yeah, German. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Otaku's English. I'm, we're sorry you're so, lost. Yeah. So sometimes I lose my English because of learning German. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and for that, because of time, I I I don't want to push on further with mm -hmm. asking so much questions. Uh, so, I mean, what would you, as as a person, advise someone who'd like to learn more than one language? For example, a German person wanting to learn English, what would you advise them if they want? Or maybe a English person wanting to learn German from your experience? Mm -hmm. What would you advise them? Um, use the different ways. So, for example, we have um, speaking, listening, and um, also writing and reading. And try to use as many ways as possible. So, write down the words yourselves and make um, lists or just use or find your own way. So, for example, some people are really, they learn a lot um, by listening and Well, if you take it, for example, the way how kids learn um, a new language, they are just babbling a lot. And I think this is what makes it, um, I mean, what is a good practice? Listen to mother speakers and then just kind of get into the rhythm and, and like kind of repeat what they say. And that is, I think, good for our brain. So that is how you get used to all the sounds and then write it down and read and like listen to or while watching films, always have sub subtitles in the same language. So um, that is like, I think, what I could say as advice. Yeah, thank you. That's a nice advice. I think I've had this, most people telling me to learn German, to hear more German, to listen to more German, watch movies in German, mm. subtitles in German. And it has improved. I listen to German news more than my wife and sometimes I talk about issues that are happening and she's like okay what I had that in German mm -hmm. TV and it's already playing in my head Aww. and the children because I work with children yeah. the children tell me ah otako 
that's not how you say that's you said mushte ah no mokte that's was not right oh, you said uh, you said uh, there's a time when i was reading a book for a child and the child said ah otako du hat ah schön gesagt aber es ist schon uh-huh. and i took it in a very positive way Oh, children beautiful. are one of my best teachers best teachers in ah, german nowadays perfect. yeah, yeah. i i great. listen to them talk and i'm like yeah i'm going to speak better next time cool yeah and also i don't take it as negative if i'm not mm-hmm. speaking well the language i take it as a positive thing yeah that's how i i yeah. manage yeah that's good so as a teacher <laughs> do you have any favorite moment that you would never forget in your career of teaching um the f- One thing that comes to my mind is that um I had a ethics class they were quite um, older aged so um, 11th grade so I think they're around 17 years or 16 and 17 years and we talked about mm, many subjects um and when I talked to them about um gender uh, stereotypes I felt like they became extremely alive and it was um and they also gave me the feedback that it was great to talk about something um that is usually not um talked about in school because teachers don't know about it or and also about sexuality no one really talks about it and they really enjoy um yeah having a room to talk about this and asking questions and within this one student one um called me um uh eine ehrenfrau so he said like oh frau schmidt sie sind wirklich eine ehrenfrau um which means in english like um you are a woman of honor and it's a very mm, colloquial way um with uh, like around youngsters so everything's got to do with honor so you are um, Yeah, you have honor, you don't have it. It's uh, it's quite a thing around them and so um that he gave me this was quite a huge compliment and I or oh, I took it as one and that was really nice. Like to if you hear them not only saying it in like the language you have to use in school like a more formal one but if they use their own language to give you a compliment I think that is great. Yeah. Mm. That's nice to hear. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful feedback. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. So um you have a lot to do as a teacher regarding that topic mm-hmm. and that, that 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 topic of generalizing and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's not I I didn't talk about it a lot because it is still um a topic that you are not supposed to talk about. It's not that is it's not forbidden. Um but there is no specific time so we have the time so we still have a curriculum in uh, germany so it uh, tells me okay i have to talk about um happiness for the first half of the year and about religion in the second half of the year but there is no specific time that you can use in order to talk about gender but um i just yeah used um, the time in between to talk about it it was just for three or four weeks yeah and that's that's really beautiful because you have the 
experience you have got that you have gathered the knowledge mm. and that's where that that makes a teacher because we learn so many things to be teachers mm-hmm. but we also experience so many things to be teachers mm-hmm. and that's this plus that makes your students different from another teacher because you talk about what other teachers cannot talk about yeah but if you have anything that you would like to share with our listeners that we have not talked about really you can talk about it right now before you say bye to the listeners Um I think I'm okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um no, there's nothing in my mind now. You're okay. Yeah. So our dear listeners, uh, thank you for being with us and I would like our guest to say bye to our listeners for now. Yes. Yeah, we shall Bye-bye. be good. Yeah, and then you'll join us in the next episode with our guest Bex mm-hmm. as we continue to talk about more things other than being a teacher in German. Yes. In German. Yeah. Teaching German and English. I was told some time ago that there is a difference German the language and German the country. I think the country is called Germany. Germany. Yeah. Okay. Germany yes. and German. Yeah. Our listeners, you see I'm still learning. I've been in Germany, but now I always mix up saying German or German. Oh, I'm like Germany. Yeah. Thank you so much for this collection. Yes, wow. you're welcome. All the time I was saying a wrong word on this podcast, and not even the listeners writing me something that, oh, Otako, it's supposed to be called Germany. Well, dear listeners, stay tuned and help Otako. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, our listeners, and I'd like to say bye for now. Yes, bye-bye. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Hear my true story. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Music by Edwin Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website, hearmytruestory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.